You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. A little bit of confusion on my part today. I did take the day off. I thought it was Saturday, so I was going to get up and do a bunch of YouTubes. And then I slept in, and I was like, forget it. I'm just too tired. Last weekend, I was up at 2 in the morning because I wanted to get a little extra special stuff done. And then you get your 3 o'clocks, and it just kind of builds up after a while. And then it dawned on me, dude, it's Friday, you have to do a podcast and the YouTubes. So, a little bit behind the eight ball. But anyways, as I said on Facebook, today I'm talking only about chicken wings. There was an uproar that um, I had deleted my rant, and that it included chicken wings, or I don't even remember honestly what I said, but since there's so many people who are furious at the idea that I would possibly even cut back a little bit on ranting, um, and would actually delete an entire rant, um... Today will only be a chicken wing rant. I'm kidding. I don't have anything to say about chicken wings, honestly. I know there's a big debate about drums and flats. It just, I don't know, it seems like a dumb debate to me. It's one of those debates, and it's probably not true, but it's one of those things that kind of screams, I don't eat a lot of chicken wings, and I feel like I needed to have an opinion on this. You know, like, they're, I don't know, man. I order chicken wings, I get both in a basket, and I eat both of them, and they're both delicious for different reasons. Like, I'm supposed to pick a side in my own basket that I'm going to devour? Why would I pick a side? I'm not picking a side. Like, I, I, I like... It. Flats is such a weird word, but I'll call them flats, because apparently that's what you call them. I don't know. If we're going to get all technical about it, it's a it's a drumette and a wingette. But I'm not stupid, so I'm not going to say that. But anyways, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cool when you get the flat just right, you know? I was in high school, and a friend of mine worked at Hooters and knew how to do the thing, so showed me how you, like, break the bone and you can just pull the meat off. So that's kind of cool, but sometimes it's just, you know, I don't want to have to work for it so much. So after eating a bunch of those, you just grab one of the drums and just power the meat off of there. You know, caveman style. It's just, why would I fight about that? It's like you get a burger and fries, and it's like, well, I'm a burger guy. Well, I like the fries. It's like, okay, well... I mean, clearly the burger is the best part, but I'm not going to fight about it. Like, the fries are delicious. Why does that even have to turn into a fight? <laughs> it's crazy. But I guess those are the good kinds. That, that's, I'm not even going to say that I want you to stop fighting. I want you to continue fighting about the drums versus flats thing, because those are the fights that I appreciate. I don't understand it, but I, I feel like the less we fight about things like sports, right? Sports are gone um, and whatnot. All we do now is fight about politics. And we turn everything into politics because we need... I think I think that's what... The, this is a cry for sports. We need to have a competition. We need to have teams to root for. My team versus your team. And since the Packers aren't playing, well, then I got to go pick a guy with an R or a D next to his name and fight the other guys who don't have the R or the D. So bring back wing fights. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I, I you know, Again, it reminds me of like when I was in college. I went to college in Whitewater, and it was a very big drinking college back in the day i had a bit of a problem so it was seven days a week for me and that's not an exaggeration and i would have people come to me and they'd be like dude it's thursday you know thirsty thursday like why aren't you what you haven't started yet 
Like, dude, I haven't stopped since August. So why don't you get out of my face with this? These dumb rules that you made up. That just, it has the same vibe. Like, you feel like you're extra special and know something because you pick a side or something. It's just weird. Like, dude, go away. I'm eating my wings. Get out of my face. Which one's better? Who cares? It's chicken meat wrapped in sauce. I don't care. Take your stupid Twitter fights and get out of my face. Everybody else is doing it. I want to do it. See, now you do got me ranting about wings. I had no intention. of I had nothing to rant about. It's just annoying. You're doing it because everyone else is doing it. Just stop doing that. It drives me insane. Find something else to argue about that nobody's arguing about. While you're at it, think, think of an opinion that nobody else has. Wear something that nobody else wears. Listen to music that not every one of your friends listens to. Develop a personality that's you. That's you as a human being. Find out who you are and go be that person away from everybody else. I don't understand this draw. I'd be like, oh, I want to be just like everybody. It's so weird to me. Oh, everyone's doing that? I want to do that. I mean, that's, that's like TikTok. And then the, the most popular social media thing right now is everybody's doing it, so I have to do it. That's the whole app. That's the only thing that that thing is. And the best people on TikTok are the ones that aren't like everybody else. The ones that actually go viral are the ones who just have their own thing. They're just people acting stupid in their own kind of weird, stupid, quirky way. And they're doing great. And they're fun to watch. I don't want to watch you do these ridiculous dances. Nobody does. Not one person wants to watch you do it. Nobody cares about your rendition of this thing that 10,000, 50 billion, jillion people have already done because the dance was stupid the first time. Why can't I get popular? I'm doing the, the elbow dance. Because I'm going to kick you in the head. That's why. I'm glad the number of 16-year-old girls that listen to my podcast is virtually zero because I will have just lost that one person. Also, I, I should probably let you know, I ran out of instant coffee, so I'm a little extra grumpy. And I had to wait... Because my coffee maker is a piece of garbage. It literally takes... I waited for 45 minutes. That thing was not half full. So you pour, pour out what's in there, and it's really strong, which is fine. The real bad part is when you go back up later when the pot's done, it tastes like water. It tastes like dirt water. You know, because the strong stuff's at the bottom, and you know, whatever. <sighs> but I got the day off, so that's nice. Although I'm upset that I slept in, because now I'm not going to get as much stuff done. How's your day going? What are we talking about today? Oh, um, the thing that I wanted to do yesterday but can't because I didn't send it to myself. I also can't do it today because I didn't send it to myself, so that's not a thing. But I guess we better talk about uh, Jace and uh, Crosby and a third guy that are on the COVID list. I, I don't really need to expand on this. I've said it a thousand times. Nobody listens. Everybody on Twitter says the exact same stuff over and over again. I'm even getting messages from people that I know listen that are still freaking out about it. So I just, you know, you know what I think. First of all, we don't know if they have it, because it's possible they just came in contact with somebody. If they do, I hope they're well, and in two weeks they're going to be back. Maybe a little bit longer. I just got a thing at work that if you're a little bit more high risk, which I doubt any of them are, they wouldn't even be there, then it could be up to like 20 days that you have to isolate. Either way, there's no preseason. There just isn't. Now, granted, Jace could use a little bit of this uh, training camp, but when does that even start? How much training? They're, they're, they're not even going to be training very much with all this COVID stuff. So I'm just, I'm not worried about it. The question is, week one, what's it going to be like? And the only, there's only two people that I can tell you right now are going to be playing week one. Only two on the entire team. Guess what their names are. Is Aaron Rodgers playing? I don't know. Maybe not. He might get COVID and not play week one. Mason Crosby's going to play, though. And Jay Sternberger's going to play. That's why I don't get any of this. You're worried, everybody's worried about Jason Mason. Jason Mason. Nice. That's a, that's my new band name. Jason Mason. Wish I had a guitar I knew how to play and could sing and it's going to be like Guns N' Roses like with the N 
Jace and Mason, maybe. Maybe that'll be the best way to go. Jason Mason. Our first hit single will be Hope I Don't Suck at Football Because the Packers Need a Tight End. Something like that. I don't know. It's it's real catchy though. But again, I just I'm I'm just on a different planet than everybody else, I guess. I don't know. Everybody's worried about Jace and Mason, and those are officially the only two people that I feel happy that they will be playing. I mean, I hope they're doing well. I'm assuming they're doing well. I'm not happy that they have a virus, right? I'm, I'm not happy that this stupid thing even exists. Nobody is. But as far as I'm concerned, there's 53 guys on the, on the active roster, at least there will be. Only two of them that I'm aware of have already gotten it and probably won't be getting it again. That leaves 51 susceptible to getting this virus and being out for at least two weeks. It's the 51 that I'm worried about, not the two. So, I, whatever, I don't know. Anyways, that's my position. That's been my position since day one. Um, my real fear will come when we're about two weeks out from the season. Because now it's like, now when we get a report, we're in trouble, right? This person may not be able to play because there's a certain period of time that has to pass. Plus, you have to have two negative tests. I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to get you back on the field, but it's got to be, you know, I think 24 hours apart between the tests. So you got to take a test, take a day off, take a test. So working backwards, on Saturday you have to have your second worst test. Friday is a waiting day. Thursday of the day before you have to get your first negative test. Plus you have to get results back. So you might have to push it back another way, another day. I mean, plus, I mean, can you even travel with the team if it's an away game? You, you might have to get two negative tests before the team travels. So if it's a 48-hour test and we're traveling out on Friday, we got to give you your test on Wednesday. we got to give you your first test on Monday. So that's a whole week. So, we, if, you know, you're, if, if we're two weeks out and you get tested positive, I don't think you're playing because it's two weeks and then another week to get two negative results. It's just you're not playing week one. So, again, that's that's when I get concerned. And, of course, there's just the general question of I'm less concerned about people that show up with it than I am with people that get it once they've been there. We don't know of anybody that got it once they've been there. These are just the initial tests. If we keep hearing about guys getting it throughout this process, then clearly there, there's not enough... Um, there's not enough in place to protect people from this virus. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get in one way or another because there's no bubble or anything like that, and there's no way to really keep it out, as I've said. Even with the bubble, it's not perfect, but you at least want it to slow down, right? You're not going out to bars and whatever else. You're not doing all these other things. You're not hanging out with your buddies. I'm sure there's very... Str- I know for a fact there are very strict protocols. In fact, there are fines that will be imposed if it, if it turns out you've been... And actually, I actually think that works out to the benefit of the Packers because I've been saying for a while, I think the Packers, one of the biggest issues is that they're very young and they're very immature and they like to party. We know when, we, when they went out to California twice, there was a serious problem with guys kind of going out late and doing stuff. The Packers are a much better team than they put on display the two times they went out, three times they went out to California. Not saying that happened in the playoffs, I don't know, but I know for a fact it happened the first time because you had players coming back saying we got guys that just aren't. We had to change the entire schedule around because rather than LaFleur just saying, listen, we're going to go out on Friday because that's what you do, and if I find out anybody goes out partying and misses curfew, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. I can't do that, I can only fine you, but it's going to be a massive fine. You need to grow up. I understand you're 23 years old and you're super rich and you're hanging out with your buddies in California, so you're going to want to go out, but you're going to have to grow up a little bit. I'm not changing my schedule around you. I'm kind of upset that LaFleur did that. I, that that's my biggest thing with LaFleur. I'm glad that he came in and he made this cohesive, but there, there's always a spectrum, right? And it kind of goes back and forth. you got the super strict coach that kind of loses the locker room 
you know, I mean, people buy in at first, like they want the structure and they want all that. And then after a while, you kind of get tired of it. So you want somebody to come in and kind of be loose and fun and all that stuff. But then things get a little bit too loose and fun. He's going to have to crack down on this a little bit. He can't be everybody's best buddy anymore. But anyways, maybe with this coronavirus stuff, it'll, it'll help. Not that everybody's going to care. Some people are going to go out anyways, but you know, I think, I just think it works to the, the Packers benefit. It's a lot of, it's an extremely young team and the coach is not exactly Mr. Uh, Skullcracker. And it was year one under LaFleur, so you know, it's you got a lot of new guys on the team, you got a lot of guys that have been under kind of more of a strict thing, it's a lot of people that don't really know each other, they're hanging, you know, it's just, I think it could be better this year, and it needs to be. But again, the, the, the biggest thing is, okay, so we've got our initial tests, initially these are the people that had it when they walked in, okay, great. Now, now that we've been here, and we've isolated, you know, and, and nobody else is opting out, and we've found the people and isolated the people that have already gotten it, how many more people get it as the weeks go on? Um, that caught it while they were here, whether it's, you know, going to the grocery store or whatever they're doing, you would hope that would be part of the protocol too. Like, although I doubt it, what are you going to, everybody, somebody designated on the team does food runs and has a grocery list for the entire team and coaches and everybody. I doubt that. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, I'm, I, I just, it, it's, it's different, right? It, and nobody wants to just think this stuff through. They didn't catch it while they were there. They they walked into the place, and either they were in contact with somebody prior to, or they walked in with it already. That's a different situation. You know, some people are just, they, they want to jump on the whole, like, oh, this is a disaster. I knew this would never work. And it's like, you, you're you're jumping your cue a little bit too early, bud. There's, in a couple weeks, you're going to be able to do that. But you're you're kind of exposing yourself as a bit of a liar right now, because you just want to say those words. And you're going to have your opportunity, but but you're saying it way too early because this has nothing to do with the NFL and their protocol. They didn't catch it while they were in the NFL. They caught it outside of the NFL. You know, the place where you think that they should opt out so they could be safe out there in the world where nobody catches this virus because that's how your brain works. They caught it out there, living their normal lives. And they brought it in, and now they're isolated, and they get to hang out in their room and play video games for two weeks. I know that's what Jace is doing. I should hit up Jace. I think I already have. I don't know how all these other guys get interviews with players. Not that I really want interviews because I would just not enjoy it, but I mean, he's just sitting around. He's not doing anything. Like, hey, man, you want to, maybe I could just get him to call in. That way I don't have to talk to him. He could just call in and say something and I could put it on the show. I just really don't like talking to people, man. Just not, it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, you've heard the episodes. They're not good. I don't like them. Maybe you liked them. I thought they were garbage. <laughs> That's going to be my next ad. Tune into the show. You're going to love it, except when I do interviews, because they're trash. Don't even listen to them. Oh, speaking of, speaking of trash, and I can say this because zero people have bought them, and I should probably take the listing down, but I, I have a Packernet podcast mask, you know, like the, the things that we have to wear. It looks awesome. I'm very happy with it, but man, does it hurt your ears. Like, the elastic band that they put on there is really tight. And it's like ripping my ears off. So I'm going to encourage you not to buy that mask as much as that makes me sad because it's an awesome mask and I would love... I mean, if you want to get it just to, you know, because you can put it on for a little bit. You just can't wear it all day. You want to put it on like in a grocery store just to represent or just to take a picture or something. It's available, but I'm going to go ahead and advise you to just not buy that mask because Teespring does a garbage job of uh, making... Masks, apparently. I don't know. It's just, it's too tight. Why is it so tight? I don't know. It's for little kids, I guess. You can maybe buy one for your kid. I don't know. But that stinks to say. It's always, it's always good to spend money to promote your thing and then tell everybody not to help you recoup the money that you spend. That's always great. 
throwing money in a hole like this webcam I bought for my YouTube that I have to replace already because it's trash. Hmm, so don't buy that. What else? I think that's it. However, the uh, there, there are a lot of other products that are uh, pretty awesome. T-shirts and whatnot. If you don't know about it, you can just go to teespring.com slash stores slash packernet dash podcast. It's kind of a long, I mean, it's, it's intuitive, so you can remember it. But there's also a link in the uh, show notes. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I do like a lot of these shirts. Also very excited to um, buy this uh, pack baby newborn onesie. Got a baby coming in like a month. So that's good. That's going to be, that's going to be a proud dad moment. First outfit I want to see that baby in isn't that dumb blanket the hospitals have. It's a pack baby onesie. Maybe I'll just get her a Jair shirt. <laughs> Put it on, baby. You're crying. So anyways, yeah, check it out. Otherwise, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page if you'd like to support the show. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. I know things are tight for a lot of people, and if uh, you can't afford a dollar a month, I don't want your money. But I feel like... It's it's one of those dollar ranges where even if you don't have money, you've got a buck a month, man. You know you do. Just think about it. It's just something to think about. I don't know, you know. I feel like it's a decent return on investment, right? I would hope most people think that this show is worth a dollar a month. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you just hate yourself and you want to suffer for 45 minutes a day. In which case, uh, I'm sorry that I have not earned your dollar. And I will try harder. Um, YouTube channel, Pack... Um, what is it? Pack Daddy NFL. There's so many things to remember. But um, the show is growing. I've been tracking, because that's just how I work, the fan to fan Network, which is something else I'm a part of, fan to fan networkcom There's a bunch of different YouTubers that represent different teams. Um, Bazarski, Bazarowski Productions, the highlight guy, he's like the main Packer guy, whatever. But uh, anyways, I've been tracking them. And this channel, largely thanks to you folks, is the third fastest growing channel of anybody in the network. Added 97 subscribers in the past seven days. Done 10 videos since the relaunch. And a grand total of $15 I've made off that. So again, things are looking up for the Packernet Podcast. <laughs> a buck a video? It's not a bad return on investment. Granted, some of these videos take me 8-10 hours, but I enjoy it. It's just fun to do. I don't care. However, something to keep in mind. First of all, um, I do want to get everybody much more involved, so I will give you this phone number again. I've had a few people call in. We'll see how tomorrow goes. I want to try to use maybe some of them. I've only had maybe like two, though. So I'd like to... I, ideally, I'd get in like 100, 100 messages. But 608 Call in. You can call in and rant about the Packers. You can call in and rant about Chicken Wing. You can ask a question. Um, you know, talking in your sleep. Call up. You know, whatever. Doesn't matter. But I, but I want to put it maybe on the podcast. Uh, if I can't think of a way to use it on the YouTube channel, that's primarily where I want to put it. But I'd like to have kind of not quite a Q&A because I've found that most people don't tune into live streams. Even people with like 15,000 um, subscribers, they get like maybe 40-ish viewers. So me with 1,500, I would maybe get one or two. So it would be an embarrassment to myself to have a Q&A event that nobody shows up to and I'm just sitting there and, uh, you know, massive failure. But in the in the interim, until the channel grows, it would be cool to have people call in with either questions or whatever and just either make something funny out of it or do a serious thing, depending on what you call in with. Um, and then also the last thing that I want to do, when we cross the 2,000 subscriber mark, um, I'm going to be doing a mock draft, but it's all listener um, send-ins, as in actual videos, not just you tell me your pick and I make a video. You take a video of yourself calling in the pick. 
Um, that's largely going to be other teams, but when it comes to the Packers pick, I'm going to come to the group and pick one of you guys. So a little bit of an incentive to help me. 355 more subscribers to go. I don't know if, if there's anything else I can plug for myself. I just keep adding to this list. Pretty soon it's going to be 20 minutes of me asking you for things. I don't know why you guys put up with this show. <laughs> what are you doing here? I don't know. I told you, man, you, you complain about a lack of rants and you are going to suffer the next day for it. I slept in, so my brain works a little bit better. I've got real coffee in a cup. That's the real strong coffee that I've been sucking into my body. I am wired up like crazy. I will rant about anything right now. Uh, why, yeah, let's take a break. That's what we got to do. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about something else. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So here's a really random thought. I was, I was going through my notes here on uh, the Trellos, just trying to think of, you know, what's some other stuff we can talk about. And I've already mentioned this. And it's, I mean, it, I don't want to act as though I think that this is a real possibility because I don't, but it's just one of those kind of clickbaity, fun conspiracy theory kind of deals that, that, that on a, on a, on just a little tiny bit of a level, it makes sense. You know, in terms of if, if both teams did what I think is intelligent and went in the direction that I think they need to go, this is a real possibility. Although I don't expect either team to be thinking this, but let me, let me remind you of something I told you about. This is a uh, news update from, let's see, when does it say? doesn't say when I made this note, but it's about Allen Robinson. This is uh, something I found on Roto World. It says, Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson said he's, quote, not necessarily anticipating hearing anything. I'm guessing that quote did not come from Allen Robinson, but whatever. Here's a quote that Allen Robinson did say. We haven't heard nothing. Robinson said regarding extension talks, quote, I think just as far as me and my agent, we're not necessarily anticipating hearing anything at this point. For us, we're going into camp preparing ourselves to have a good year. If that comes up and they reach out to my agent, I'm sure they'll have pretty good discussion and things like that. But again, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Robinson, set to make $10.9 million in the final year of his contract, has openly lobbied that he'd like to be with the Bears long-term, but the organization has yet to reciprocate that desire. Chicago will likely be forced to either use a franchise tag to keep him around next year or watch as he lands a lucrative contract on the market for a contender. Now, look, again, never going to happen, but you've got the Green Bay Packers who lost a wide receiver. I know, just listen to me for a second. I understand. I li- I know. We lost a wide receiver. We are currently, right now, Super Bowl contenders. One of the few holes on this team is a number two wide receiver. Again, I'm hoping we don't really need it because we switched scheme, blah, 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 blah. Maybe, could be, kind of, should be, whatever. Right, last year, we were hoping we wouldn't need wide receivers because apparently Gutekunst loved our wide receivers. Turned out that didn't work out too well. So we need somebody, 
Now, whether you go all in on a COVID year, probably not, but whatever. Anyways, Chicago Bears, for whatever reason, don't seem to be interested in Allen Robinson. And and in all reality, that kind of makes sense. I don't think this is a team that should be going all in on a wide receiver when you're missing so many other components. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have a tight end. Outside of Allen Robinson, you don't have any wide receivers. You don't have any pass rushers outside of Khalil Mack. Your defensive line is pretty solid. Maybe not this year as much without Goldman, but you got a good defensive line. Linebackers are decent but overrated, and you lost a bunch of players there. Corners, in my opinion, are garbage. You have one decent but overrated safety, and the other guy's not very good. The team is just not good. They get a lot of credit, but it's just it's not that good of a team. And we already know the offense is not good at all. What would make... I don't want to say, you know, quote-unquote, or bust, but there's some really good quarterbacks next year. And I know you wouldn't really be willing to work out a deal with the Packers, but if the Packers were willing to give up some compensation, why wouldn't it make sense to give up um, Allen Robinson, which is going to make your team worse, but that means you draft higher. I'm doing a mock draft tomorrow, and I believe I have the Bears. They're in the top ten. Um, based on how good they're going to be. You give up Allen Robinson, I don't know that there's much of a debate on whether or not you're going to be in the top 10. But then you add in some additional picks because you traded Allen Robinson, who is still a very good wide receiver. Again, it's never going to happen, but wouldn't it make sense to do it anyways? Granted, you don't want to help the Packers, and the Packers don't want to help you, but why doesn't that make sense? And okay, maybe we can't pay Allen Robinson, but maybe we can. I don't know. It doesn't matter. One-year contract, why can't we? Because you don't give up compensation for a one-year contract. Still, on some level, it, it, they're, they're kind of like two ships passing in the night, right? They're both heading in opposite directions. They're both, you know, it's kind of like you're coming from Island A going to Island B. They're coming from Island B going to Island A. You got some stuff that, that is left over from that island. It's like, why don't you just give each other the stuff that you need? Like, I'm not I'm not over there anymore. I don't need this anymore. Maybe you could use it. And, and hey, since you're not over at that island, maybe I could take some of your stuff, some of that, that Island A stuff. It's a rocky analogy, but you get what I'm saying, right? It helps both teams. The wide receiver, the Packers need a wide receiver. The Bears need a really good quarterback in the upcoming draft. And getting worse this year, in a year that doesn't matter, if the Bears had any intelligence whatsoever, they would not be focused on winning this year, the asterisk year. Do poorly and then draft a quarterback. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get up high enough to get, you know, the guys you want, but it's anything's possible, man. There's no guarantee that the Jaguars and the Washington footballs are going to be up there. That's what I'm calling them right now, by the way, the Washington footballs. I mean, if they're going to be stupid about naming their own team, I'm going to be stupider about it. If you're not going to take it seriously, why should I take it seriously? Professional football organization that, I'm not coming up with a name. A bunch of morons. (sighs) What are we talking about? Anyways, I, you know... I, either way, okay, so it's they're not, so he's not coming to the Packers. That's that's really the unrealistic aspect of this. The Bears aren't going to work at the Packers. The Packers aren't going to pay for Allen Robinson. They can't afford Allen Robinson. They, they don't want to give him a long-term contract, and they don't want to pay for, even if they had the money, Devontae and Allen Robinson. So that's the part that really breaks down. But either way, it would make sense for the Bears to trade Allen Robinson. If you're not planning on paying the guy, move him now for some compensation. You're telling me you can't get a first-round pick for Allen Robinson? I mean, what about a team like the Chiefs? You know, it's going to be a late first-round pick. And it's, it's just another all-in kind of move. Like, we're just we're going to go for winning it again. We're going to try to win as many times as we can. I would say the Saints, but they already got their guy. Dallas Cowboys obviously already have way too many wide receivers. The Ravens. The Ravens absolutely should do this. Absolutely 1,000% the Ravens should do this. But again, I, I don't think they're, they're going to do that. 
I think the Bears genuinely believe that they have an opportunity. They have a real chance. If Foles can be a good enough guy and if our defense can stay in the, the top 10-ish range, we got a chance. I just don't think it's a very realistic chance. I think the only thing they're going to do is wreck the NFC North, possibly play spoiler to a couple teams, maybe beat the Packers, maybe beat the Vikings, maybe beat the Lions, whatever, because they're going to win a few games and kind of hurt some other teams' chances. But they're not going to beat playoff contention-type teams. They're not better than the Packers. They're not better than the Vikings. They're not better than the 49ers. They're not better than the Chiefs. They're not better than the Baltimore Ravens. They're not better than the Saints. They're not better than any of these teams. I don't think they're going to beat the Titans. I mean, there's, there's a chance, but there's, there's, it's just, it's not a very realistic one. I think the Colts would just smash their faces in. I think the Broncos would destroy them. Those are two of my kind of wildcardy teams that I really think are going to have a great year that people are sleeping on, depending on Drew Locke and whatnot, but, you know. But also, the other problem with the Chicago Bears is they've got guys that are worried about losing their jobs. I think Ryan Pace should have been gone a long time ago. And so I don't know that he's going to be able to sell to the McCaskies. Hey, look, I have a plan to tank this year so that we can come back and I can rebuild this thing. And you give me another three, four years to try to rebuild this thing and make it work. No chance. No chance. Right? I gave you a job to come in here and build this team the way you wanted to build it and win. This is your opportunity. You make it work now or we find somebody else to rebuild. I'm not giving you a second rebuild of this team. So... That's, that's part of the politics that makes actually the correct move hard to do sometimes. The right thing might be to deal Allen Robbins and start from scratch, but they're never going to do it because that means you're going to get fired. I don't know. I thought that was that would be interesting. But that I mean, that is an option. Maybe not somebody as, as high profile as Allen Robinson, but wide receiver trades. And it doesn't even have to be draft compensation. It could be player trades. As much as I hate to even talk about it, if we're not going to pay Aaron Jones, why should we let him walk? That's the other thing I don't get, and there has to be a reason for it. What's the benefit of letting somebody like that go in free agency? That's crazy. Trade him. I mean, if we're not going to pay him next year, that's let, let's just assume we're not going to. Why in the world would we give up all that compensation? You know how much you could get for that? Granted, nobody wants to pay too much for a, for a running back, and, and whoever takes him has to be somebody willing to pay that big contract. But okay, if you are that team, and if you are willing to work out a contract, and you're going to have to negotiate that with Aaron Jones, but let's say you work out a contract with, with his agent, and you're like, look, this is what we're willing to pay. Would you be willing to take this contract? Yes, we would. All right, now we just got to work out a trade with the Packers. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really understand letting somebody walk without trading them. Same with Preston. If, if the goal is to let Rashawn take that job, why would you not trade him? Don't let the contract run out. Quick, trade him. Quick. <laughs> and, and the benefit to the other team of taking a trade, as opposed to just letting him hit free agency, is you get the guy. right? You don't have to compete for him in free agency. Right? Once he becomes a free agent, there's 31 other teams that are, that are fighting for this guy, or 25, or however many there are. And that also could cause the price to go up, depending on how much competition there is. And it's just, if you don't want to play that game, just, just offer me something. You can have him. And the Packers are going to be receptive, because if you don't offer me something, we're just going to lose him. I don't know, just just, just a thing. I mean, there are compensatory picks, but that's why the, the compensation would have to surpass that. If I, if, like, if, if I'm going to get a third-round pick for Aaron Jones and Preston Smith and nobody's going to offer me more than a third, then I guess you just let them walk. Because you know they're probably going to get really big contracts, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a major part of the formula in terms of how compensatory picks work is what, what, how big of a contract those people get, and they're going to get big contracts. So, I don't know, maybe that would be the rationale. And you don't get the negative PR of uh, of trading away your players. You know, you could just say, well, you know, we're we're in talks with him, and he chose to go somewhere else, so that stinks. We would have loved to have him, but, you know, just one of those things. Just scrolling through t- Twitter here. Man, somebody solved the Mr. Beast thing already? 
I gave up on that in like five minutes. Um, Zadarius, who apparently tweeted this six hours ago, meaning he's up at 1.30 in the morning for some reason. Go to bed, please, Zadarius. What does it take to be the best pass rusher in the league? It's a pretty good question. There's 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 a couple metrics that I think kind of are all encompass all encompassing enough to at least get a decent gauge on it. Obviously, I like PFF grades because it takes everything and kind of comes out with a grade. But I've, I've said this before that the there's kind of a spectrum, right? On one side, you get stats, and stats are static. They are what they are, and they're not really subjective. You you could maybe subject you know it could be a little bit subjective depending on what the stat is. But a tackle is a tackle, a sack is a sack, etc., etc. The more you get into grading, the more you get into subjectivity, right? So the the PFF will give you a grade based on the fact that you sacked somebody, but how do you come up with that grade? You know, it's it's on a I think a two point scale. So there's 0. 0.5, there's one, there's 1.5, and then there's two. There's also a negative 0.5, a negative. You, you get the point. It goes to negative two. But how does that accurately represent everything? You know, you, you get what I'm saying. So. That's sort of the spectrum. The The further you get toward all-encompassing, the more subjective you get, the more errors there's naturally going to be in there. But the more you get toward just solid numbers, the less you get, the more you're getting away from sort of looking at the full picture. And it becomes, that's when you get kind of ridiculous in the other direction where it's like, well, he led the league in sacks. Like, so what, dude? I mean, just on a snap-to-snap basis, that doesn't mean anything. There's so much data and information that you're missing when you're just looking at that. But the the ones, I do like PFF grades because they look at everything. But for a pass rusher, if you wanted to get away from that, there's the one metric that I love that I use PFF for, which is uh, pressure percentage. What percentage of the time do you pressure the quarterback? PFF also has another metric that grades pressures differently. In other words, they're weighted. So a sack is more valuable than a hit, which is more valuable than a hurry. I don't have the information in front of me, but the pressure percentage, I know Zedarius was near the top. I don't think he was quite at the top. Maybe he was, but he, he was like top three. If you just look at raw um, pressures, he was number one, period, bar none. He may have been number one in pressure percentage. I don't know. I thought Bosa was higher. Where is Bosa? No, he definitely was. Yeah, maybe maybe Zedarius was number one because he, he was number one. by So let's just say total pressures, which is a lot closer to, uh, you know, statistics and away from contextualized statistics. Then there's pressure rate, which again is how many times did you try to get to the quarterback and how many times were you successful doing that? And I think Zadarius might have been number one in that category as well. Then there's another PFF metric, which is called win rate, which is very similar, except it, it adds a layer of contact because there are situations where you might beat the tackle, which is essentially your job. The next job is to finish. But depending on the quarterback you're going up against, depending on what's, you know, if the quarterback rolls to your right and you destroy the, the tackle on the left, the problem with just looking at pressure rate is if the quarterback had been in the pocket, you'd have killed him. He's not there, though. He's all the way to the sideline on the other side, so you don't get any credit for that. So win rate just says, how many times are you beating the guy in front of you? Now, they don't have that in their, their signature stats, at least I don't think so. I can't find it. But one interesting thing here I found on Twitter, and I'll keep digging on Twitter, highest pass rush win rate when lined up as an edge rusher since 2017... Number one, Miles Garrett. Number two, Joey Bosa. Number three, Cameron Wake. Number four, Zadarius Smith. That's since 2017. Zadarius didn't even really break out until this year. I think his pressure rate, even last year, was at like 12%. I mean, two years ago, it was 12%. But, you know, when we got him. Here we go. Highest pass rush win percentage in 2019. Number one, Joey Bosa. Number two, Aaron Donald. Number three, Zadarius Smith. There you go. Now, they did have something that said lined up as edge, and he was not in the top three. But remember, Zadarius plays inside as well as outside. 
that may actually highlight the fact that he's better on the inside. If you think about it, right, why would he be top three overall, but not top three off the edge? I mean, it just, I don't know. It would depend what his pressure rate percentage is on the outside, which I can't see. But there you go. Highest pressure or pass rush win percentage in 2019. Bosa and Aaron Donald are the only two to win more often against the guy in front of them than Zadarius Smith. Trey Flowers, for the record, was number four. Just just going through this information, um, if PFF actually responded to his thing, I'm just kind of searching through here. Um, Zadarius had 93 total pressures in 2019. They had a thing on here that says, here's a total list of people with more than 90 pressures on uh, in, in 2019. Zadarius was the only guy on the list. December 6th, it says highest pressure rates among edge rushers this season. That's what that's the metric that I keep telling you guys. It said Zadarius Smith. So he's highest pressure rate of anybody ahead of Nick Bosa, Daniil Hunter, J.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt, who are numbers 2, 3, 4, and 5. So if you're looking at pressure rate, he's number one. If you're looking at total pressures, he's number one. If you're looking at um, win rate, which is how many times you beat the guy in front of you, he's third. If you're looking at... Um, PFF grades, which again takes everything into account, the tackling, the run defense, all that. He's second behind TJ Watt. I mean, it's if if you wanted to make the argument that Zadarius Smith is the best pass rusher or was the best pass rusher in 2019, you'd have a lot easier of a job than the guy trying to argue that he wasn't. And I have a feeling anybody trying to argue that he wasn't would simply be coming from the well, you don't watch tape, bro. Um that, that, that would be his best line of argument. I almost guarantee you, especially if you get into it with a Bears fan saying he's better than, than Khalil. Oh my goodness, they're going to lose their minds because they gave away everything for Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack's supposed to be the best pass rusher in football, and he hasn't been since the Bears got him. He's still good, but he wasn't as good as Zadarius by just about any metric you can find. Khalil Mack was tied for 14th on uh, as far as his overall grade. He had 70 pressures compared to Zadarius's 93. He only had nine sacks compared to Zadarius' 16, which is a PFF metric. I don't know what the other people say, but again, I use PFF sack numbers um, more so than anybody else's because I think half sacks are dumb. You shouldn't get half credit for getting a sack just because somebody else also got there. I think that's ridiculous. But um, yeah, to answer Zadarius' question, I don't know if there is a solid metric, but I think the best metrics that I that I would want to use, and, and listen, this is what I've done for a while now, right? I, I don't care... It's not about me being biased in favor of the Packers. It's just about what is the best way, what are the best metrics, and I've, I've for at least edge rusher, I don't know what to do with quarterback and some of these other positions. I have a really hard time trying to figure out the best way to gauge those kinds of things because there's so many things that you can look at. But for edge rusher, I do think it's simplified. Your job is to beat the guy in front of you and get to the quarterback. And you can look at those metrics independently, as well as the, the production, right? How many times did you get pressures and sacks and all that? And Zadarius is at the top of every single one of those lists. The only other people you'd put in there are the Boses and the Watts. There's the Boses, the Watts, and Zadarius. Anybody you want to pick is, is fine as far as 2019. And yeah, I think Zadarius belongs at the top. I think if you do an honest analysis of those most important things and you look at the name that's consistently at the top or near the top, it's Zadarius Smith. I, I just I don't know how you come to the conclusion that somebody else was better. A lot of people don't want to because Zadarius isn't a known commodity. They don't want to put him above the Boses. They don't want to put him above the Watts. They don't want to put him above, uh, you know, Khalil Mack. They would they would happily put Khalil Mack above Zadarius because they know who he is. Because he's a big-name guy, even if he has a bad year. So guys like Khalil are going to end up being too high on lists, and guys like Zadarius are going to be too low. And he's to fight and scrap for his respect. And, and the problem is, unless he's able to replicate it, and I hope he does. I hope he is a legitimate... Um, you know, he, he's just he's up there with the Bosa's. He's up there with the, the, the Watts and everybody else. 
and he stays up there. I don't know if he will or if this is a one-year flukish thing or not, but, I mean, if he stays up there, he is. He, he's, in, he's in that category. And we have one of the best pass rushers in all of football, period. As of right now, we had that guy one year. Now we got to see if he can do it twice. It's actually kind of similar to Aaron Jones, right? I remember when we first got Aaron Jones, and he was injured a big portion of the year, but he had like five yards per carry or something. And my whole thing was, he's not going to replicate that, right? It was a fluke. I mean, this is a, what was he, a fifth-round pick? He was our second pick of the draft that year. He was at, We drafted him after Jamal. You know, we didn't get to see that much. It was a small sample size. Yeah, he was really good, but I didn't even really see. Most of his runs were he just bounced it to the outside. I just I didn't really have any expectation that he was going to be that good again. And he did it a second year. And then it's like, well, I mean, he still missed a bunch of time, but it's hard to do that twice in a row. I don't know. We'll have to see. And then obviously at this point, he's he's just one of the best in football, and we know that. And 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 like everybody else, he had to fight for that respect. You know, we're we're talking about what is he going into year four now? And even now, it's some people don't want to believe it, right? It's just, it doesn't seem right. He's a Packers running back, and you don't talk about Packers and running in the same sentence. And he's, he wasn't a big-name guy. He wasn't a first-round pick like Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. He's, a, he's an unknown commodity that got a bunch of touchdowns, and just it's just nobody thinks or cares about him unless you're a Packer fan. But he's starting to finally get the respect he deserves going into year four, and it's still not even enough respect. Now, we've been on the other side of the spectrum. I think Aaron Rodgers probably gets too much respect. Maybe not anymore. Now everybody's favorite activity is to trash Aaron Rodgers. But for a while, he was getting too much respect. Same with Ted Thompson. Same with Mike McCarthy. Right? They, these guys were well into their decline when people were still giving them a ton of respect. Dom Capers, right? Clearly, the defense wasn't doing well. People were still talking about he's one of the greatest defensive minds. Mike McCarthy hadn't fielded a good team in like two years. He's still one of the great coaches. Dom or uh, Ted Thompson. Hadn't had a good draft in I don't know how long. He's still seen as one of the best GMs in football. So there's there's a lag the other direction as well. So it's not just, you know, this conspiracy against the Packers. It's just the way the media and fans work. They don't know everybody. And so when it's outside of your team, when it's outside of your realm and your spectrum, and you don't hear their names, and somebody from that fan base says, oh, yeah, this guy's one of the best, it's like, what are you talking about? I don't even know who that guy is. All right, it's, it's sort of like laziness. Not intentional, but you just you can't know everybody, and so you kind of just go based off name recognition and that kind of stuff. And there just there tends to be a bit of a lag. I hope it's similar to Aaron Jones, where my expectations are lowered and Zadarius comes back and he's just the same guy. Because just guess what, uh, Brian Gutekunst was right. Which by the way, can we back off the Brian Gutekunst hate? The guy rebuilt this team. He got us the the possibly the best pass rush in all of football, and we're just trashing the guy because he didn't get us a wide receiver. Come on, man. I, I, I know you want something, but let's not turn into, like, five-year-olds throwing a temper tantrum in the cereal aisle about it. Seriously, it's it's like kids who grow up in, with great homes, both parents in the home, plenty of money, you get every opportunity, you're in all the sports you want, but mommy and daddy won't buy you this toy you want, so you're going to throw a temper tantrum. Come on now. Let's at least watch the guys that we drafted before we start getting mad that we drafted a quarterback and a running back and a tight end. Let's at least make sure they're terrible first before we start judging it. Whatever happened to it takes three years to assess a draft class? We haven't even gotten to year three of his first draft class. Some people want to throw him out. I don't know. Anyways, I should probably get going. I want to get some YouTube stuff done, and we got some other things going on. So, Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you on Monday. If you'd like something sooner, 
please check out Pack Daddy NFL. That is my YouTube channel. Please go subscribe. Hit the little bell notification so when a new video goes up, you're going to get a notification and you can click on it right away because you're excited, because you love content from me. And if you don't, just do it anyways because I like when numbers go up. That's just how I roll. I set goals and I like to achieve those goals. And if you can falsely inflate those by pretending you care, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> anyways, have a great day. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.